Hey, welcome to The Quest. Thank you guys for being with us today. Of all the things you got going on, it really is a privilege to be included in your day. Listen, especially if you're a guest and you're checking us out, we want to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will help connect you to us if, in fact, that's something you want to do. We always say this. We understand that people like to view from the back row a lot of times with as little human engagement as possible. And if that's you, we understand and we're just glad that you're with us. But when you are ready to make a connection with us, that link is probably the best way to do that. I also want to remind you that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of, and you will find us there. Now, one of the things that we get to do, one of the things that we're going to be even talking about today is we get to pray today. And I want to encourage you while you're driving, whatever it is that you're doing, while you're listening, that you would include God into the activity of your life. And that this would be a great time to turn to God for the strength that you need in whatever it is that you're facing. So let's pray together. Father, we love you so very much and thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every person that's watching. And Father, you know what's going on in their life. Father, I don't believe anybody's watching this by accident. And Father, I believe that people need your strength. And I believe all of us need your strength. And today, as we listen to your word and Father, through this talk, I just ask that you would open our hearts to trust you. Father, give us faith. Father, give us courage. And Father, help us to set disciplines in our lives to put you first and that we can intentionally connect with you. Father, you know what each one of us are experiencing. You know the challenges that we face today. And so, Father, I ask that you would step into the chaos of our lives. For those that need healing, Father, provide healing. For those that need strength, Father, give them strength. For those that need peace or faith, Father, you know what our needs are. And I ask that you would step in. And that you would make us whole and settle us at our very core. Remind us that you're in charge. Father, speak to our hearts today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm really excited about the series that we're in entitled Stand. This world is getting more and more difficult to live in. The culture that we face is at odds with our belief system. And when we're pushed to the limits in this tension of living a godly life in a godless world, we're forced to make a decision, a choice. Will we choose to fit in and compromise, or will we choose courage and stand out? The scripture encourages us to stand in difficult times, in godless times, and in a godless culture. So if we're going to stand effectively, one thing that we need to understand, you can write this down, that's this, how strong we stand depends on where we get our strength to stand. We need people in our lives for many things, for prayer, encouragement, for wisdom, instruction, and correction. I know I need people in my life for all those things. And though godly relationships are essential in our lives, they don't give us the strength that we need for a godly life. Don't get me wrong, they help. But if we believe that people give us the strength we need in this culture, we will never have the strength that we need to stand strong or stand long. Paul said this, he says, I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. He recognized where his strength came from. People can point us to Jesus, but if we depend on people to connect us to God, we will look to those people for strength and not look to God for strength. The courage that we need to stand for God in the culture that we live in requires a connection with God, a faith in God, and a love for God and others. One of the scriptures we've been looking at in this series week after week is found in 1 Corinthians, and it says this, be on your guard. In other words, pay attention 
Stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. In this series, we're looking at five different stories from the book of Daniel and how Daniel found strength to stand in a godless culture. This is week four, and we're looking at how do we stand strong in opposition? Because opposition is a part of life. A little bit of the history that we're in right now in chapter six. Daniel is in his 80s now. He's no longer a young man. He's actually an elderly, wise man. King Nebuchadnezzar has been dethroned. The city of Babylon has been overtaken. And a new king is now in charge, and his name is Darius. And Darius wants to keep the culture going strong. And so even though there's new structure, new leadership, he keeps a lot of the existing wise men and officials in power. Daniel is one of those wise men. But some of these officials are beginning to recognize God's favor on Daniel's life, and they're becoming jealous. They don't actually understand it as God's favor, but Daniel has favor with all of the kings that he serves under, including King Darius. So the scripture begins this way in verse 1. Now, King Darius thought it would be a good idea to choose 120 governors who would rule his kingdom, and he chose three men as supervisors over those governors, and Daniel was one of those supervisors. The supervisors were to ensure that the governors did not try to cheat the king. Daniel distinguished himself among the other supervisors and governors because there was an extraordinary spirit in him. So the king planned to put Daniel in charge of the whole kingdom. All throughout Daniel's life, we see Daniel standing out, serving with an excellent spirit, always going the extra mile. The king actually says that Daniel is head and shoulders above anyone else that is serving in his kingdom. And he wants to put Daniel in charge. Think about that. He'll be second only to the king. Well, when that kind of news gets out, jealousy breaks out. Throughout Daniel's life, Daniel continually puts God first, works hard and does his best. Remember, Daniel is living in a foreign land. He's been indoctrinated as a young teen. He has been forced to serve the kings that have destroyed his country and his people. Daniel could have easily had a poor attitude. He could have focused on the negative. He could have complained, refused to do what was asked of him, or at best maybe do half of what was asked of him, to not put his heart into it, to do the bare minimum. And that brings up an important point I want you to write down. Your attitude determines your altitude. I know you might have heard that before. Attitude doesn't guarantee a success, but what it does is it positions us and causes us to stand out from the rest. The altitude that I'm referring to is that your attitude causes you to stand above the rest. Daniel 6.3 says this, Daniel distinguished himself among the other supervisors and governors because there was an extraordinary spirit in him. Attitude doesn't change what we see, it changes how we see it. Attitude doesn't change what we face, it changes how we face it. Daniel's attitude wasn't shaped by his circumstances, it was shaped by his faith in God and was his life response to God, as we'll see later. So Daniel's in line to be promoted, second only to the king. But this promotion creates problems. We're going to watch Daniel stand strong with fearless strength that only comes from a long-term developed faith in a living God. And the story continues this way. Because of this, because the king was going to promote Daniel, the other supervisors and governors tried to find reasons to accuse Daniel about his work in the government. This is amazing to me. But they could not find anything wrong with Daniel or any reason to accuse him because he was trustworthy and not lazy or dishonest. Finally, these men said, 
We will never find any reason to accuse Daniel unless it is about his religious practices. So everyone's jealous about Daniel and everybody's talking about taking him out and not to lunch or dinner. They're talking about ending his life. They're looking to falsely accuse him and just get him out of the picture so that they could fill his role. So I want to look at three truths from Daniel's life that will help you and I to stand strong. And the first one is this you can write down. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. When God promotes you, expect people to come after you. I don't know how this is going to play out in your life or how it might play out, but when God is doing something in your life, people are going to tear you down. A lot of times the people that you think would be most excited for you are the most jealous or most critical of you. I've seen this happen when God is doing something in people's lives and they get excited about their faith in Jesus. The ones that come after them are other Christians and they try to get them to calm down, not be so excited about their faith. Really what they're trying to do is justify their own apathy. Listen, when God raises you up, you can always expect people to tear you down. I think this is one of the problems that we as Christians face in Western Christianity. So many Christians believe, hey, if I'm serving God, I shouldn't face any opposition. I mean, if I'm trying to do what God wants me to do, then he should prevent people from coming after me or coming against me. The reality is that's just not true. Because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in a dark culture that we live in, a lot of times the prince of darkness works through well-meaning people to come against us. The difficult part is those closest to us are the ones that actually can bring the greatest damage, the greatest hurt to us. Just remember, if you're going to be used of God, if you're going to allow God to work in your life, you're going to experience opposition. These guys do all they can to dig up dirt on Daniel and bury him, but they find nothing. So they come up with a plan. Basically what they did is they went to the king. They said, hey, king, listen, how about you issue a law or decree that over the next 30 days, no one can pray to any other God but to you. And if they pray to any other God in these 30 days, then they are going to be thrown into a lion's den. Well, King Darius is like most other kings. He's vulnerable to pride. And they often try to deify themselves. Even though they knew they weren't God, they liked being treated like God. So King Darius says, okay, fair enough. If anybody prays to any other God in the next 30 days, they're going to be lion lunch. And that would be the new law. So what would you do? I mean, this created a problem for Daniel because the other officials, the other wise men knew that Daniel was a great man of prayer and he was faithful to praying to God. The way I look at it, Daniel had three options. The first thing Daniel could do is, well, he could stop praying, take the next 30 days off. I mean, he's 80 years old. Have you ever gone through a season where you haven't prayed for 30 days? I mean, nobody's going to know. He could have just taken the 30 days off. Second thing he could have done is he could have faked it. He doesn't have to pray out loud. He can just pray silently. He doesn't have to allow others to see him pray. Or the third thing that Daniel could do, and it's what he did, is he's going to keep praying publicly, keep praying loudly, and defy the orders of the king. Daniel was willing to risk death. That's a different level of strength. But Daniel was willing to risk death because Daniel didn't compromise. Compromise was never a part of Daniel's life. He lived for an audience of one, and that audience was God, and he was faithful to God. His faith was strong in God. So what built this kind of faith in Daniel's life? I think that leads us to the second point, and it's this. Our posture before God changes our posture to the world. 
standing out, blending in, compromising with our postures that we have to the world if we allow it. Daniel knew that before he could stand against the culture, he had to kneel before God. Prayer wasn't a knee-jerk reaction in Daniel's life. It was a pattern in his life. If we want strength to stand in a godless culture, then we need to be seeking God for that strength. Kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. Daniel could stand against the culture. He could stand in the culture because he knelt before God. See, our first response to trials and difficulties should never be to panic, but to pray. And that's what we see in verse 10, which is so powerful. It says this, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, what did he do? He went home and he complained and he called his friends and he griped to them and he posted stuff on social media. No, he didn't do that. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day. I love this. Just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel was a man of prayer, but here's our issue. Even in our conversations that we have, it reveals how little we value prayer. We say things like, well, all we can do now is pray. We've done all that we know to do. Now the only thing left to do is to pray. What we need to say when we experience difficulties or challenges is, I've got to pray about this. Because we can come before God with confidence. We have access to the very creator and sustainer of this universe. We have an audience with the one who cares about the needs in our life. And we know that he hears the cries of those who humble themselves before him. We can talk to God and know that He hears us. He enjoys acting on our behalf because He loves us. So I want to encourage you to train yourself to do this. and You can write it down. When I face a problem, I'm going to pray. Daniel learned that throughout his life, when he faced a problem, he prayed first. Listen, we need to be reminded when we face trials, when we face difficulties, when we face opposition in life, hey, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to pray about this. Daniel didn't need the approval of others. He didn't need the support of others or the encouragement or the reminder of others to pray. He knew to pray. I'm absolutely convinced that much of Daniel's success is based on his attitude towards God. He recognized his need of God. I honestly believe that when Daniel was a teenager and he was captured and taken to Babylon and there was all of this uncertainty in front of him, I believe he prayed. When Daniel was forced to eat the food from the king's table and drink the wine from the king's table, I believe he prayed. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, I absolutely believe that Daniel was praying. Daniel's personal disciplines prepared him for his present problem that was before him. He didn't pray just once a day. He prayed three times a day. Two things really quick I want to look at about Daniel's prayer. And the first one is this. His posture shaped his heart. Any conversation with God is a good conversation, but posture matters. It's difficult to worship God with your arms crossed, but with your hands raised, you open your heart to God. You open yourself to God. Scripture says this, that he went to the room and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he always had done. If you've never knelt before God in prayer, you're missing one of the most powerful postures of humility and surrender in prayer. Listen, I believe that posture matters. You don't have to kneel to talk to God, but I believe when you kneel, it brings a whole new dimension to your encounter with God. By kneeling before God, he was humbling himself before God. 
When you kneel down, there's a sense of reverence, humility, and dependence that you experience before God. Another thing about Daniel's prayer is this. His heart shaped his words. His posture shaped his heart, but his heart shaped his words. This is what I was talking about earlier. Attitude determines altitude. Daniel's attitude was gratitude. Daniel's heart shaped words of gratitude to God. That's what it says. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to his God. I believe he had to look for things to be thankful for. Negative thoughts create negative outlook and negative behavior. If you're focused on your worries or your fears, it's going to fill you with a fearful perspective. And that perspective will paralyze you with fear. It will create a behavior of fear. Gratitude changes our outlook on our future and then creates a behavior of gratitude. I believe when Daniel humbled himself before God and surrendered himself to God in prayer, when he knelt before God, it connected him to God's purpose for his life. It reminded him that God was in control. It reminded him that God is faithful, that God is always good, that God can be trusted, that God has always been with him. That filled his heart and formed his words. Listen, life is full of circumstances that will knock you down and suck the joy out of life, cause you to worry. We need to seek God in prayer. In fact, you can write this down. When life gives you more than you can stand, kneel before God. We need strength. Daniel understood this and he prayed three times a day. He needed a lot of strength and he knew where to get it. I can't promise you that if you take a stand, you're not going to face consequences because you will. Things are going to go against you. People are going to resist you. You're going to be left out at times. You're going to be overlooked at times. Because life's not a Disney movie, nor is it a Hallmark movie. Standing with God requires strength. Standing for God in this culture requires strength. And the place that we get strength is on our knees before God. Here's the third thing that we see. When you do what's right, you can trust God with what's left. You can always trust God with the results. When you put God first, God takes care of the rest. Daniel's put God first for 80 years. He has depended on him for 80 years. He knows God is reliable, dependable, and trustworthy. Have you learned to trust God in the uncertainties of life? Have you learned in your life that God is reliable? See, here's the part that, that we tend to miss. Daniel didn't know the end of the story when he was in the middle of his story. Daniel didn't know that he would be a Sunday school lesson for centuries to come. He had no idea that the story would end like it ended. All he knew is that for 80 years, God had been faithful to him. That God could be trusted. Listen, even if things don't go the way that you want, God can still be trusted. God's purposes for your life will be carried out when we surrender ourselves to Him. Scripture says He's working all things for our good. I want to encourage you when you surrender yourself to God, when you do what's right before God, you can trust God with what's left. You can trust God with the outcome. So King Darius now is devastated because he likes Daniel a lot. He trusted Daniel. Everybody looked at Daniel with favor, except those that were jealous of him. The king is mad because he was tricked. He feels betrayed. So Daniel gets taken to the lion's den. And that night, King Darius goes to his palace. And he can't eat and he can't sleep because he's worried about Daniel. 
So at first light, the king runs to Daniel. Scripture records it this way. He came near the den and he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, even the king recognized Daniel's commitment, has your God been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel replied, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They've not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he trusted God. It doesn't always turn out like that. There are many people in the scriptures that trusted God and things didn't work out that way. They weren't protected. There are many cases where Christians in the past have died for their faith. But one thing is for certain. When you do what's right, you can trust God with what's left. You can always trust God with the outcome of your life. We all need strength to stand in this culture that we live in. If we're going to allow God to work in our lives, we need strength in this life. When God is working in you, the enemy is going to come after you. You desperately need strength to stand in this culture. And the place to find that strength is kneeling before God. When you do what's right, you can definitely trust God with what's left. Listen, maybe you don't even have a relationship with God right now at this moment. Maybe at this moment, God is not a part of your life. You don't have a lot of strength to stand in this culture because God's not a part of your strength system. He's not in you. I want to encourage you to make that change today. All you have to do is surrender yourself to God like Daniel did. Give yourself completely to God. He created you and he has a purpose for you. That purpose is established for your life. But in order for his purpose to be carried out, we have to be living surrendered to him. We make our lives about him. We live for him and he is the audience that we live for. You can begin that relationship right now just by talking to God and saying, God, I want to begin this relationship with you and I want you to be the center of my life and I want my life to be about your purpose. I need to experience your strength in my life and your love and your joy. He will absolutely do that for you today because that's what you were created for. And also there's many of you that you find it really difficult to stand in this godless culture that we live in. Maybe compromise has become a big part of your life. Maybe you don't stand out. Maybe you just blend into the culture too well. Maybe your practices reflect the culture more than God. I want to encourage you to take these lessons from Daniel and, and understand that God wants to use you in your stand. Listen, God called us to be a light in this world. And he said that the light is not meant for a basket to be placed over it, but meant to be put on the lampstand so that all can see. Your life is designed to stand out. You were designed to be a light to this world. And in order to be that light, you've got to have strength to stand strong. We're able to stand in this culture because we kneel before God. Let's pray together. Can we do that, Father? We come to you and I just thank you for each person that's listening and those that want to begin this relationship with you. I ask first and foremost that you would step in and Father, forgive their sins and wipe the slate clean. Give them a new beginning, a fresh start. Father, let them experience your love and your passion for them. Father, I ask that you would wash them and give them a brand new passion for life, a new spirit. Father, I ask that you would step into their life and that you would begin to establish the purpose of their life. 
Father, give them strength that they need. Fill them with your love, with your forgiveness, with your purpose. Father, for all of us, we need that strength in our lives. We live in this culture and compromise is so common. Father, I ask that you would help us to not be people of compromise, but to have the strength to stand in a culture, against the culture, to stand with you. Father, that we would have the internal strength because of you. Father, give us the ability to stand because we kneel before you. Father, we come to you with humility and surrender and gratitude, thanking you for this life, thanking you for the purpose that you've given us, thanking you for being with us and giving us the strength that we need. Father, we make a commitment to you to kneel before you so that we can find strength from you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I say this quite often, and that is, there's a lot of failures and successes in walking with God. This is not about doing everything perfect. This is about beginning the process. And you know what? There might be days that you forget, or there might be times that you say, I'm going to pray this time, and you forget. It's okay if you forget. Just get back on track. I want to encourage you. Listen, just reminding you, you've got to have strength in your life. You've got to have purpose in your life. And in order to have that strength, you will get it from no other place than kneeling before God, turning to God, humbling ourselves, surrendering ourselves to God. I'm excited to see what God does in your life. I'm excited to hear what God does in your life. I say this every single week, but I want to encourage you that you would get into a connection group so that you could be an encouragement to people and do life with people that love God and love you. Yes, we get our strength from God, but we need one another as well. We need one another for the community that God calls us to live in. We find that community in connection groups. And if you're not in a connection group, I just want to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link. It'll connect you to leadership that can get you involved in a connection group. I also want to thank each one of you for your financial gifts and how you provide for the needs of the quest and how you give faithfully. Thank you so very much. Any amount that you give is appreciated and needed, and we are so grateful to you and your obedience to God. Just a reminder, if you need anything, if you need somebody to pray with you, scan the QR code. It will allow you to connect with us, and we would love to do that. We would love to get people to pray with you and to pray for you. It's always a pleasure to get to spend time together. It's always an honor to get to do life together, even in this way. And I just want to thank you for being with us. I want to encourage you today that you would find time to get on your knees before God so that you have the strength to stand and watch what God does in your life. Thank you guys so much for being with us today and for making us a part of your day. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.